Welcome back to the show. My name is Fadil Baker and we're hanging out as usual with KG The One. We are coming to you via a Zoom call because of the nationwide lockdown in South Africa because of the COVID-19 virus. On this week's show, we are talking Black Lives Matter, Men Are Trash, the movement that has spread uh, across the world because of gender-based violence that is happening. Uh, we also take a look back at KG, the one's wedding, and we talk a little bit about lockdown, how it's affected us, and uh, just some insight about how we feel, and take a look at Biden versus Trump. We also talk about the release of Takashi 69 and catch up on some shows that we've been watching. This is the Whatever Podcast. Um, I, like, I promise you, I, have, I don't think... I have ever seen your hair that long. I don't think I've ever seen my hair this this long either, man. Like that's I I think you should I, I think you should let it happen. Nah. <laughs> nah as soon as lockdown is done, it's done. Bruh, I'm going to just go, bruh. Okay. Miss out <laughs> on an opportunity right there. <laughs> I'm gonna have a just go up with the fade, bruh. I, you know, <laughs> you know, you know that you could probably go get one illegally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but See I the think, oh no no no, Do you know, um, like hairdressers and barbers are open. Really? Yeah. The the one, uh-huh. the one, um, like the ones by our house are open. Hmm. Yeah, but cool. I like, but I'm still like, I think I'm gonna wait until like, I don't know, maybe two or one before I go. Yeah, me, me, bruh, like, I'm scared of the whole corona thing. Eh? That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. So, I mean, like, I don't want man's like coughing on me or like behind me or anything like that. You know, like, there was a meme uh, where uh, they said, you know, like, it's strange how this year people aren't saying flu is killing me. <laughs> yeah, come on, I mean. <laughs> I mean. How strong this year? Dude, like, I don't, I don't think anyone's making flu jokes. Nah, like, or, even if people do have the flu, I don't think they're telling anyone. Like, would you tell anyone if you had the flu? I feel like I'm having the flu. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The other day you're telling me that you created a computer virus. Now you're telling me there's a possibility yeah. you have a virus. Yeah. And now I'm sitting on the other side of this computer and you've got all these virus things happening in your life. I might start coughing during the podcast. Then you must know it's going down. Dude, like, I don't even, what's the legalities for chill? Like, do we need to, like... Yeah, I think also we need to get an evacuation crew going on. <laughs> yeah, but listen, it is so freaking cold. I'm not, like, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. There's, like, flu things, like, popping yeah, up. You look like you're, you have a, blue, a green screen behind you, bro. Really? It's the way the way the way that color is so perfect. It looks like it's a green screen. Really, I think I it's me. It. Like I think it's the perfection that I emanate oh, oh, it's coming across. <laughs> okay. 
This is the wall that's usually behind us when we record in my room. Oh, oh man, it's a good wall, bro. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So normally we just like a little bit further. We like I'm still, you know, like there's that glass door that we look out from. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still facing that direction, but I'm a bit closer to the wall because the light or whatever. Yeah. Because um, I was I was recording with Angie that um, Milo conversation thing, but it's happening now as well. Like the lights, weird. Like it's dark around my eyes. I don't know if you can see it. Like yeah yeah like so yeah so it was like a bit weird on the thing man dude like did we record after your wedding or did we nah i don't think we did right we didn't right no we did no we did we did we did we had to we had to have let me check i don't think we recorded after your wedding i think that the last time we recorded was before your wedding and i think we went we went to your wedding let me check there's no way bro I'm like, oh, so, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, I think we'd, I think we'd scheduled to record two weeks after your wedding, but mm-hmm. then I think everything just started going downhill. Like, yeah. Not long after. I know. I'm not saying. Let's <laughs> 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 podcast. Nah, let's start the podcast. <laughs> you know the you know the crazy the crazy thing is that when i think about like your wedding and all of that stuff right i was like we had no idea like what the next couple of months were gonna be like you you know um i i thought like you know on the one hand i kind of felt like the year was off to like a brilliant start and like things were coming together and that kind of thing. But I kind of, like, I think we kind of should have taken the hint, like, when Kobe died. Yeah, like, I know. This yeah. Is be a <laughs> bro, we content, bro. We um, So, yeah, so I remember us talking about Kobe. Okay, your, your audio's what? doing something weird now. Oh, really? Oh, they, even, okay. Even now. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Okay. Right, right, right. Good. Maybe let me, let me uh, increase the volume a bit. Can you hear me nicely? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, I just increased the, the volume a bit. Okay, so I'm just going to use the, the audio from this call. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, but listen, dude, like, I think you guys had, like, the, I want to even say the like perfect wedding. I want to, like, like, last night I was even, like, in my head, I was like, my perfect wedding. I was like, jeesh, man, I think you guys had an absolutely perfect, perfect wedding, man. And I'll, I'll be completely honest, and I, I said this. When, when I came, when I went home after the wedding and people asked me um, how the wedding was because uh, we were obviously staying in Polokwane for that weekend. And when we left the wedding and we went back to my friend's place and everyone was like, how was the wedding, whatever. I told them genuinely, I think this was the only wedding that 
I maybe cried about 20 times. And I oh, wow. like, and, and, oh, like wow. and dude, with no shame at all. I was like, if anyone was at your wedding and didn't cry, like they, they've got a heart of steel, man. Or like props to them for having their emotional IQ, whatever it is, like just connect. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. man, like it, it was like, you know, like from the, usually like I kind of think like the ceremony is like the, you know, and at the reception it's mm-hmm. a bit more, but I promise you like all the way through. And um, there's just something, I mean, we've had friends who've gotten married and your friends have gotten married and my friends have gotten yeah. married. But I think there's just something else when you see such a close friend of yours standing up there doing it like it's just something else man like yeah man i can't believe it till today bro. it's like yeah yeah so so i'll tell you and then i'll ask you right um the best part of your wedding for me and yours is probably going to be completely different to mine but okay. you know what was the best thing about your wedding and you uh, like you compelled to like say chiru or like say your parents or like whatever. <laughs> but you know, for me, the best thing about your wedding was the food. Yeah. Oh wow. Hey, dude, that's good, bruh. Dude, like you you know, like you know, like you go to weddings and obviously like there's buffet and like yeah. you know, like and you obviously you kinda anticipate like what's I like I tell you. I saw some people, I was standing in the line and there were people passing me by, right? Like they went yeah. before me and like, I was so judgmental. I was like, these people are just dishing like heaps and heaps and heaps of, and I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, how can you be so um, like inconsiderate of like other people ever until I got to the line and I saw the food that was like, yeah. just later, dude, like the food was just and then I cleaned off everything. I I probably dished everything that there was, and I ate yeah. everything off that. Wow, bro. And I ate everything off that plate. The food was just like that was. Besides all like the other yeah emotional stuff or whatever that happened at the wedding, like the food was just fantastic. Like, geez, hey, man. Man. yo, Thanks, the food is amazing. Yo, like every like yo, and you if you want to know how many things went wrong, bro. But it's just like. It flowed in a way that like no one like saw things that went wrong. So it was like fine. Like yeah. So yeah, I'm thankful for that. Man. I, I knew that you were dead. I think like obviously every like of course like it's your wedding, you know like the things that went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know like how you know like how like how peaceful it is to just be a guest. And I promise yeah. you, just like enjoying the wedding, you don't even like, like yeah. you don't even know. Like you're so unaware of like things mm. that are maybe out of place or like things are supposed to happen and they don't happen or whatever. Yeah. Like, I just, like it just wasn't even. The one thing I will tell you is, is that I looked around, like especially like just after I got there, I looked around and I was like, who the F are all these people? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, who the I also said the same thing. I also said the same thing, bro. The thing is, like, we've invited a lot of family, bro. Like, it, it was crazy. I think we had maybe around 
300, 350 people. Around maybe like 100 of you. Yeah. Everyone else, I was like, I don't know who these people are. I, I knew, like I knew your wedding party. Obviously, I didn't know Chiro's wedding party because obviously like yeah. I don't know her family and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so I knew your boys and like your lineup and obviously yeah. like there were some people I could spot that were like because of the people that were hanging around, I kind of knew they were possibly like yeah. your dad's family or your mom's family or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, like, like I think like from, from like, I don't want to say from a friend perspective, or whatever, but I, there were like five of us sitting at our table yeah. that, that I knew for sure. Like I knew who these people yeah. were, but the rest of the people, I was just like, I don't know who the heck these people are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smiling me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's been like how long has it been now? Like, almost four months. Four months. Yes, you know, yeah. It's been it's been a while. And you guys have basically been in quarantine, like. Yeah, honeymooning. Second honeymooning. Extend the extended version. The, the extended, the extended, the extended working. This is the working honeymoon part of the. Yeah, this diabrat's trash, bro. Oh, it's trash. You see, like, what I have here. Oh, my guy. That's like, your laptop's just, like, the, the symbol for things. So, um, what, what, are, what are some of your, like, obviously, like, we kind of in, it's, it's been, like, how long have we been on lockdown now? Almost three months now? Have, have uh, three, months? Yeah, three months-ish. March, April, May, June, yeah, three months. Yeah, so three it's months. been it's been about three months. And um, what is your what is your thoughts about it being like? Obviously, I think the conversation is a bit different um, in the beginning, like when we mm-hmm. just started lockdown and the conversations up until now. But um, maybe if you can just give like an overall, or maybe just talk about one point that you had about. The lockdown what do you think whether it be uh socio-economical uh emotional whatever it is what 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 are your kind of thoughts about because now it kind of feels like normal right like i i kind of feel by now like it's kind of like this is just the way life is um i don't know like wait like one point of 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 like how like what sorry of so i think for me for me like the one thing I always think about is when the lockdown started, it quickly drew some lines um, socially and economically in our country. You know, Um, the rich all um, went behind their white picket fences and switched on the electric gates and bought thousands of rands of foods and just, you know, stockpiled everything. Locked them stuff up, bought tons of toilet paper, like why, <laughs> you know, um, and kind of locked themselves up and kind of stayed behind their fences. And it was kind of just like, we're just going to wait this thing out. Whereas as you go kind of down the economic scale, you start thinking about like our brothers who live like out in shacks in like rural areas mm-hmm. and what lockdown has been for, like for them um, there's people who've lost income, you know, so I can, for me, I always kind of think about how um, monetary standing in society kind of determine the different experiences that people have had, you, you know, and I don't yeah. think that 
the way we tell the story of lockdown is going to be the same way folks who kind of live on the outside of society are going to tell the story. You know, people who, um, people who still had to get up early in the morning and uh, yeah. track and make their way because if they don't sell certain things, they don't get certain an income for the day, like hawkers and taxi drivers. And like, we kind of talk about that segment of community. And that for me has kind of been like one of the biggest highlights in South Africa. That's kind of been one of the biggest highlights for me, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think the one thing that lockdown like showed us all is the fact that we're not, we're not like, we're not impervious to no unsafe, bruh. <laughs> like, like whether, whether you're rich, poor, you're the president, we've, we've seen presidents getting Corona right on set. Like, bruh, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not like smart. You're not like important enough not to get Corona. Like, so like that's that's the thing that, that I kind of appreciated. Like, and yeah, I mean, it also like forces us to then also think to ourselves to say that, I mean, we thought that life was, we had life all under control. Like that's 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 the, like you could plan that in December. This is what I'm gonna be doing. But like now you don't know. Yeah. So like, who's who's actually in control over your life? Like, gets you kind of thinking like what. What are the important things like? Exactly. What, what are we striving towards? What What is the meaning of life? Why do we live? Like, what, what is the reason that you live? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so very, very, very like those questions. Like, I, I think of those questions a lot now, man. And I think of those questions a lot. I think I think that's that's what. Uh, uh, yeah, and I feel like I've become more philosoph- philosophical, and um, I've 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 picked up do you actually even believe the things you believe if you don't add them out? Like, is it is it do you actually believe them? Like, if 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 yeah, uh, so like. Yeah, for me, like, yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of thinking in that way. Uh, yeah, just, just, just thoughts on that, like, what, 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 what we deem valuable as a society. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe yeah, I just need to. I think a lot of obviously, like, if someone were to say, what would be the one thing that would kind of bring, um not only our country, but would bring the nations of the earth to a standstill. Like a pandemic would be something we'd watch on a movie, you, you know, or like something we'd see uh, on the big screen or something like that. But never would we think that something like that could happen in a time like now, you know, with all the technological advancements and that kind of thing. But talking about, um, talking about faith, I think the, the one thing that has kind of, it just kind of got its um, got its institution turned upside down um, is our faith communities. You, you know, we're mm. faith. I'd, I'd say in South Africa, where faith communities so heavily rely on people going to a certain place in order mm. to get something. And I mean, that's the way it's created. That's the way it's supposed to be. 
Um, but just to kind of see that how these things, how these faith pillars in communities survive the not gathering, you, you know, in, in a, I mean, any church service, for example, that you go to sometime or the other throughout in a year, you'll hear about the great commission where um, mm. we gather to go, you know, and that kind of thing. And now possibly more than ever was the time for us to kind of learn how to have these boundaries without having the confinement of that church space, you, you know, um, it's nice now, you know, like, uh, you got services streaming at eight, 10, 12, two, four. I mean, you could wake up on a Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon and still get the entire church experience just, just as it was. But, um, I personally, for me, are there those disciplines of still, you know, waking up in the morning, this is your time for church. These are the boundaries and that kind of thing was all of that kind of go. So I think that faith um, or, or what we believe and how we believe and through what we believe is definitely mm. questions that are running through people's minds. True, 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 true. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think, I think that's what makes Christianity a bit unique because, I mean, in Islam, you have precepts or like, every single thing that you have to do, every, every look and cranny, how you should look, how you should walk, how you should wipe your ass, like, there's, and everything has a law. Uh, whereas uh, in different contexts, it may not be a, a, a possible for you to apply, uh, to, to apply those laws. Uh, so you get a fatwa or, or to, to sort of uh, uh, allow you to do those things. Whereas in Christianity, I feel like it's so open that the Great Commission is go out to everyone and make them disciples and go share the gospel and make them disciples. It doesn't prescribe how you do it. So there, there were many people back in the days when, when Facebook preaching was a thing that used to condemn it and say that, no, you can't be doing that. Yet now, like that's how like, everyone is, is getting their message across. And it's not that it's not biblical. It's the fact that, like, the Bible does, is silent on the matter. And I think that's what's so brilliant about it, that the message of the gospel can spread regardless of how you, you, you perceive or how, how wrong a certain medium is, is perceived to be. So, like, like I mean, for me, that, 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 is, that is amazing. And it also, in turn, like, has us questioning, like, the traditions that we have according to the Bible, are those actually even, like, are those even, like, problems? Like, for instance, I'll give an example. My wife, my, my wife is not a, a, opposed to, to, to uh, uh, arranged marriages. And to me, I was like, how, how in the heck, how? And when I look in the scriptures, there's nothing in the scriptures that forbids something like that. So it's kind of like the tradition of, of, of choosing who you want is kind of like a tradition that we have culturally that we've inserted. And therefore, like, that is, that is like what, you know? Uh, so, like, so like this whole COVID thing also like challenges those assumptions. What are the things that we traditionally hold that are not actually scriptural, that we deem as scriptural? Like, 
so it's kind of, it's exciting and it kind of liberates you also it kind of liberates also so i think i think that's also a dope a dope thing yeah there there is something you know like i think at different stages of the lockdown you start craving different things you know um you, yeah. you start miss it and also again i think this is privilege problems uh you miss sitting at a restaurant um you you miss going to get your hair cut or just by or just walking around in a mall or meeting people and that kind of thing but there's one thing i can tell you that's definitely been on my mind the last couple of weeks and that's just being in a room full of people and worshiping together and singing together and hearing the word together and just kind of being in that community of faith because i don't think that god you know I, I don't think the gospel is ever hindered by a lack of gathering but we were created together you you know um where two or three are gathered you know he's and and we were created for the gathering so um man like as much as like we say buildings don't matter and sound systems don't matter and stage and lights and that kind of like i can't wait to just stand like in an environment doesn't even have to be the best stage lights whatever i'm just like in an environment you you know what i what i miss giving someone a handshake bro. shaking someone's hand that that to me like that that i miss like yeah like in terms of fellowship especially with other christians i think it's so powerful man i think it is so powerful to you'll see people of different backgrounds and different x y and z and you realize that none of that is actually means anything and none of that actually like matters so yeah, yeah. I, so, i think like, a lot um a, a lot of what's happened is that there's a lot of focus on humanity right now you you know that i think every every problem or every challenge or every note on an agenda that any government or anybody's making right now it's through the lens of humanity and i think that's the way it's supposed to be you know when um when we talk about opening the economy again the question is being asked what about the people you you know um when we talk about church they're asking what about the people we talk about school what about the people um anything that's happening and i kind of and i'm hoping that that would kind of be the filter that society starts doing things through because i kind of feel like sometimes we at the expense of the people we start doing certain things you you know um there there are many things that we can we can talk about like that but um one of the things that have happened is is that i think that i don't know if people just have more time to be focused on the issues right now or if it's just kind of like now that the world is paused we can start dealing with the bigger issues um like racism like gender based violence and um if there's one thing that has been clear since the lockdown started um and we'll talk about our own problems at home but america is not the girl she's been telling us that she is all these years you know she, <laughs> listen she she has she has portrayed herself as this prom queen and you know a night at the prom and the hottest date on the earth net kind of thing but i just kind of think that that thing has unraveled beyond their problems with the president
Yeah, no, I I feel like America is no longer role model. Like it should be like to, we should look at them and see what we shouldn't do. Absolutely, absolutely. So in, in terms of um, obviously, I don't want to say that the Black Lives Movement, the hashtag has resurfaced again, but obviously, you know, like the issues stay, but I kind of think that certain things obviously trend at certain times, you know, the, the, the issue is still there, the Black Lives Matter, the issue is still there, but obviously these hashtags come back and when they come back more than once, you know, then there's a problem, you know, like there's obviously the problem's bigger than just the trend that there was and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, we always talk a lot about what's happening in America, but obviously like we've got our own Black Lives Matter issues happening right here in South Africa. Um, but what has kind of been your, what has kind of been your thoughts, your perspectives, um, issues that have been burning and just, what has just been your outlet for that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's something I also have been thinking about basis the whole concept of systemic racism and um, the whole concept of uh, systemic barriers. Um, and to an extent, like I, like I, I mean, I mean, it's, there's no, there's no denying that, that, that uh, South Africa has been victim of, 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 of like these, 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 uh, systems, uh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of corporate, like it's obvious. Like, I mean, um, I'll give you an example um, of 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 an of an issue where I think Black Lives Matter. Like, because I, I mean, we say Black Lives Matter in the t- in the sense of someone losing their lives, but then we should it should also apply to people living their lives, right? Uh, it shouldn't be so much of the fact that don't kill us, but it should also be the fact that let us live the same lives that you guys live. I'm one that doesn't, I don't think white privilege is a problem. I just feel like everyone deserves that privilege. Like if, if you're a person in a boardroom meeting and you have an opinion, I don't think people should undermine what you're saying. In the same, in the same way as you have white privilege, I, I would hope that when I say something of, of content and of good Good uh, sound back backing that that I should also be heard in the same way as a white person. So I don't necessarily believe that white white privilege is a, is is a problem. And I think Black Lives Matter feeds into that to say that yes, you have white privilege, but black black opinions matter also. And uh, the one the one thing that I I saw uh, in, especially in in the work that I that that I do is that. Uh, I, I, I was doing work um, that entailed me using the work of another person. Uh, I had to rely on the work of another person, someone who came before me, someone who is said to be the most, one of the most brilliant trainees that has ever graced Deloitte. Uh, I used their work and when, the, when someone was like reviewing the work, actually were like no this is actually nonsense the work that this person did was nonsense but now it's pinned on to me to say why is it that you're using this work when it's clearly nonsense which kind of like staggers me a bit because it's kind of like 
uh, it's kind of like, why, why is it that when this white person did this work, there was no problem, but when I'm referencing it, now I need to go redo the, this person's entire work. Was this person really as brilliant as, as this person was? Was this person actually really brilliant or was it white privilege that made him to be that, that brilliant? And I've, I've been thinking about that. I've literally been thinking about that to say that that is unfair. That now I, need, I am judged on the fact that this white person didn't do their work properly, but then they have been awarded. In fact, they, they, a manager was saying that we'd be surprised if he didn't earn more than some of the senior managers in the company, which, which is insane for training to, to earn. So I am no stranger to like the fact that there is systemic issues. However, I feel as though that such issues are not an excuse for me. And I'm slowly, but like, and it's hard for me to accept some like things like that. It's very hard for me to, to grapple with such conclusions, but I'm slowly starting to think that like, although it holds me back, the fact that if I just sit and complain about it, like I can complain about it, like I should complain about it, but that shouldn't be the only thing I do. Yeah, because I think that the I think that the the challenge comes in, and I I, I hear what you're saying with, you know, I shouldn't only complain about it. Like I mean, I've I've said in I've said in many different scenarios where it was clear that someone was being treated differently uh, because of the color of their skin. And I'm talking about because you're white, you, because you're white, you got the job, because you're white, you got cast, because you, 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 you know. And I think the challenge comes in is that when we fought for equality, I think it was easy because, okay, fine, these are the laws of the land and it must be applicable to all men and not only to certain racial, certain racial groups. Yeah. The problem, the problem with systemic racism is, is that you're almost, you, unless you, unless you use like a truth comb, you'll never know that it's there. You, you, you yeah. Know, because, because a black man's always been taught, he's been taught his place in society and a white person's mm. been taught their place in society. And mm. so, it, it's going to take a lot more than just saying, um, and that's why I don't, that's why I think a lot of white people have a difficult time admitting white privilege because I don't think that they kind of understand the deeper issues because at a surface, it's kind of like white privilege. What are you talking about? You, you know, I, I'm, I'm not privileged. Yeah, yeah. Like how, what do you mean yeah. privilege? But if you think. Maybe you did work hard. Like, no one's not taking that away from you. Yeah. But, yeah. like, yeah, someone, someone with that alternate color of skin has to work twice as hard as you yeah. to get the recognition that you're getting. Yeah. I, I saw someone saying that at the benefits, the benefits never come for free. It's where, 
where I am benefited by a system, someone is play, paying for it through slavery. Mm. You, you, you know, so if I'm benefiting from a system, someone else is, someone else is paying by being slave to that same system that's benefiting yeah. me, you, you know? And I think the issue is, is that, um, you know, like I think, and I, I kinda, you know, I kinda get where people, I used to get where they came from when they would say, no, what do you mean black lives matter? All lives matter, you, you know? Because the first time that I heard black lives matter, I was like, that's a bit strange. Don't all lives matter? But you see, the, the issue is, is that when you don't know, you don't know. And you can't argue from a place that you don't know. Yeah, so, so the thing is, and, and here's the thing, I scroll, through my, I scroll through my Twitter feed and I look on social media and I hear what my white friends are saying and what white communities are saying and that kind of thing. And listen, the truth is that majority of the All Lives, All Lives Matter movement is coming from white people. You, you know, you've you got black people on the one hand, uh, people of color on the one hand screaming Black Lives Matter, and you've got people on the other side shouting, um, no, All Lives Matter. The issue for me with All Lives Matter is, and, and this is kind of just what I've been thinking about, is the reason why um, white people have such an issue with Black Lives Matter is because for such a long time, they've always been included. And now's the first time they're not being included in something. And they're like, what? What do you mean we don't matter? You, you know? Isn't it like the N-word? Exactly. You, like you, you know? got excluded from using the N-word. Now you're getting but here's the pr- But here's the thing. It's that you're so used to being included, you think that by people saying Black Lives Matter that you're not being included. It shows how naive you are to the issues that are at hand in society. Because if we were the all peaceful, all united, all we don't see color, there's no color, that kind of thing, whatever, then the moment a certain racial group were were being, um, what is it, like oppressed, people would immediately come out and say, hey, no, Black Lives Matter, we don't do that. You, you know, but the fact that you have issue with it, it just shows that you don't understand the issues. And I like, I mean, personally, I don't think I fully understand. But the thing is, like, sometimes I'm like, how stupid do you have to be to not understand that this is a thing? Yeah, you know what I think? I think it's willful ignorance. Like, it's, 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 it's this thing doesn't affect you. And therefore, like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's the equivalent of, of dudes, like, <laughs> bruh. it's the equivalent of guys who are now saying, you should be asking why the guy hit you. You should be asking why the guy killed you. Did you cheat? Did you, did you, uh, were, were you like, do, and I'm like, so that justifies you abusing some, like, it's the equivalent of people, people like that. We, yeah, so I don't know, man. I think the great, I think the great comparison here is that the same, the same train of thought of people who use the all lives matter are the same people, or no, let me not say the same group of people, but it's the same thought pattern of people who also want to fight against the hashtag 
um, men are trash. No, I kind of know how you how you feel about that, but I know I, I'm not for the hashtag. You know, so but like here's my this is my this is my explanation for it again. What people don't understand is right, and you can apply this to a racial scenario as well. Um, who is being victimized at the moment? It's the women of our country, right? Um, and and we kind of and whoever falls under that category, and who are the people committing this crime? It's men. You, you understand? So if we have to call a spade a spade when they say men are trash, it's because men are committing these crimes, right? Now I think you are a you are a. Let me not let me not say something uglier, but you have such a large yet small perception of yourself at the same time if you feel like you can't say men are trash because i'm not trash and is your dad trash and yeah, is your boyfriend no, trash that's cool. you see that that's and i kind of think that it's the same line of thinking of those people who kind of like when a woman gets raped or oh, what was she wear we try to make it i think it's kind of inherent in us as men to make excuses as to why we're not the problem yeah, and if when everyone makes excuses that no no one thinks that they're the problem. No one and that and that is why but there's a problem. Yeah, no no one thinks because listen, one way I'm not I'm not saying this is the solution to end racism, and I'm not saying that this is the solution, but what I'm saying is is that if we just take the situation that's happening in America, if the majority of white people just say stop and enough this thing could go away. I think it's deeper, man. You know, the thing is, you know, you know what the problem is? It's systemic, bro. In the, yeah, the same I'm, way that, in the same way, like, even, even women abuse is, is, in a way, it's also systemic. Like, we abuse women, sometimes they think that I do myself, that, like, someone has to call me out to say, like, hey, bro, why did you do that? I'm like, no, but that's how I always but like that is something that is against women for instance let me let me clarify my position because people might think otherwise i'm not a feminist and i am not for the label men are trash however when you are fighting against gender-based violence i am with you 100 percent. when you are fighting against uh, rape culture i agree with you that rape culture is a true thing and that when, you, when you're talking about male privilege, I do agree that males have privilege. I agree with all the premises of the men are trash movement. I, I don't, maybe not say all, because there are some there that, that I, I, like, I, I agree with the core tenets of the men are trash movement. I do, right? So for me to say that, like, to attack the men are trash hashtag is a straw man. It, it's not what the movement is about. It, yeah. it's, it's a larger thing, right? So the label, I don't agree with the label, but do I agree with the thing? Like, I, I, I don't, if this, this, is, this is an iPhone, right? I like the iPhone, what, but if it was called an Android, right? I wouldn't like it because I don't like the word Android, but I like the iPhone. I like the actual thing. So I agree with the sentiment. I agree with, with everything that you're saying that men need to take accountability that men have the problem and this and that, I agree with that. I just, 
feel like it's branded incorrectly. And for someone to say that, yes, you agree with everything, all the core tenants, but I also need you to agree with also this. I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel, yeah, I look, just feel some kind of way. I, I think, I think for me, and I'll use the example of, I'll use the example of racism where I, I think like, I, I think mankind is going to pay for that sin for generations to come. You know, like I kind of, there'll, there'll be accountability. Just, just reading, um, just reading through some, some work today, I was thinking to myself, you know, they, they were listing people who were a part of the systematic formation of racism in South Africa and, and coming from, you know, like the world around us. And I'm reading, and I mean, these men have died like, I don't know, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, but I'm like, you're going to answer for that, you, you know? But here's, the, here's my position on the other hand, like as much as I'm against it, that if we fight against racism, we're fighting against all kinds of racism. So if yes. you tell me we're going to end systematic racism in South Africa, and I say, okay, cool, I'm for that, right? Then you say to me, and the way we're going to do that is by we're going to make sure there are only Indian people in South Africa. So we're going to eradicate blacks. We're going to eradicate whites. We're going to eradicate only yeah. Indian people. It's going to be this. We're going to name, we're going to name South Africa into South of India or something crazy like but that. Like, would that really be bad? Okay, look, think, the food think, think might... Think about all the chicka chicken. Think, think about all the food. Yeah, listen, more probably, probably more positives here. But what, but what I'm trying to say is that in, the, in that same way, I get what you're saying is that you can't say to me, help me fight racism. And I say, yes, Black Lives Matter. But then you're talking about supremacy. You, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I kind of think that that's where I think some people kind of lose the plot along the way where they like, you know, like eradicate or uh, emasculine or like emasculate, yeah. like de-emasculate a man or like yeah, make him less. <laughs> Made a, 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 a new word every single episode. Dude, every you, know, single episode. you know, like go out the dictionary or don't go, or don't go at all. But but like or or like or remove or or movements that say masculinity is wrong completely. You you know, mm. um, I was watching I was watching a series and um, the guy's position was genuinely like I don't like that like. Um, I can't remember what the context was, but it like the what got me thinking was in the same way that there's room for a man to say that he likes another man, there must also be room for a man to say that he likes a woman and and not be brought down and and not look like oh oh why are you saying you like a woman? Does it mean you're anti-gay? You don't like the LGBT? No, that's his right yeah. as much as that is your right. And and I fear yeah, they're feminists. Yeah, so, they're feminists right now. That are saying that being gay is misogynistic because you are literally saying that there's no woman out there that can satisfy your needs. Like being gay is misogynistic. There are people with this view. <laughs> yeah. So hey, like yeah. Yes. So so like I I kind of like I I'm just of the thing like. There, there is there's a right way and there's a wrong way and then there's a way where you just fall off the damn wagon 
like yeah. completely and you just lose the plot completely. Um, but I do think that we cannot have enough conversations about racism in our country. We cannot have enough conversations about gender-based violence, not only conversations, but enough action. I would like to think that organizations and companies like, for example, the company that you work for, I would like to believe that they would establish independent committees where if you as a black man feel that you're a victim of systematic racism, that you can go to these people and a case can be opened for you or an investigation can be done where you're not named, where you're not shamed, where you're not branded, where you're not, but they can begin investigating systematic racism within the workplace without. Yeah. Listen, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you that, that possibly right now, there's possibly maybe a 1% chance that a black man is going to make use of that thing because what happens if it doesn't go the way he expects it to go? Yeah, yeah. You, you no, I, mean? I agree. And you cannot, yeah, you, you can't work under that fear. You can't live. It's like, it's terrible to think that. You, you know, it's terrible to think that you, you're being treated a different way because you're a woman or because you're, you're a person of, and the thing is, you know how I feel about using the term minority in South Africa because we're not the minority. You, you know, like we, we the reverse of what's happening in America. We are the majority. But then it's like, I feel like it's still, it's, I think economically, bro, and our value, value-wise, we are still a minority, bro. Like, that's, but, that's what, but that's, what, that's what irks me about it, is that a majority people are a, are a minority economic force. So, I don't know. Like, and it irks me, bro. Like, I, I, dude, I don't know. I don't know what the, for me, like, my, my solution is to do what the Jews and the Muslims are doing. Create your own businesses. Support each other, bro. Like, that's the only way, man. Like, that's the only way. Like, look, and looking across. And then, sorry, sorry, man. Yeah, looking, you, you know, and, and, and I, the, the reason why, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, man, it shouldn't have to be like that because, like, why can't you just understand? Or, like, why, why don't you get it? But on the other hand, like, for example, you know, um, it's no, like, I don't know if you're, maybe you just haven't looked at it this way, but I have seen so many white-led churches since the whole George Floyd thing happened in America, having to pull out their token black friend, their token black preacher, their token black, quickly collaborate with the black artist or quickly uh, let a black man come preach to your church or let whatever. You know, and I look, listen, I have no, listen, I have no, it's just that the timing is a bit sour for me. You, you know, that, that when something like that happens, you're not thinking, well, that's a great collaboration or, wow, it's great that this person's preaching at this person's church. But I kind of sit back and I think I'm like, so is everyone kind of on the phone with their black friend right now? And like, listen, uh, we've been a bit mulky the last couple of, can you quickly, you, you know? Yeah. You, you know, so, you know, so that, that for me has just been like, it's just one of the things I've been thinking about it. And like, 
why is it? Listen, on the other hand, if you're a white man called to start a church and you, do, you can't do anything about the color of your skin, there's nothing you can do. You were born white, you are, there's nothing you can do. The difference for me comes in where you begin breeding. You, you know, you, you begin, you, you give John an opportunity before you give Mpo an opportunity, or you think more of John before you, or Mpo gets treated different to John than what, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's those things that begin to irk me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. You, you I think know. I agree with that sentiment, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I kind of just, I, I've been, one of the things that I've been doing is, like, you know that I love American politics and watching what's going on over there. Ah, but it's entertaining. Giant, like, it's like a soap <laughs> opera, you know? Um, like, now it's becoming a bit intense, you know? But um, I really love what's happening. But I, I'm making concerted effort to kind of put more interest into what's happening in our own backyard. And, and you know, we... You know, you know why I think it's relevant for South Africa? Because we tend to follow what they are doing. Like, yeah. when people started becoming woke, it didn't start here. Yeah. It started that thing. So, like, feminism, like, it didn't start here. It started that side. So, the trend is, when you, when you see something done in America, chances are, a lot, like, LGBTQ rights, like, our cultures are very opposed to that. But, like, now... Even in the ANC, like people are moving toward gravitating to LGBTQ uh, rights. So, like, so for me, like, I think it is relevant for us to talk about these things because uh, chances are we're gonna see them on one shape or form or the other. And as I said, the US is not a is not a role model. So if we can have a warning of what we shouldn't do, at least we'll know we'd be better off. Absolutely. You know, you know what was one of my first responses? Like, listen, George Floyd is probably a representation of the thousands, if not millions of black men that have been um, killed, maybe just in the last century alone, you know? Yeah. But first of all, like my question to the world is, can you imagine a world without the black man? There would be no magic in this world. There, there, would be, there, there would be no sauce in this world. There would be no spice in this world. There would be no, you, you know, and, and to simply answer the question, why do they kill us? I don't know if you've seen Michelle Obama's documentary on Netflix. Um, it's called Becoming, yeah. along with her book. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. I can tell you that there are people watching, you know, Michelle Obama represents not only a black woman, but a woman and minorities and that kind of thing. And you see the magic that's on the inside of Michelle Obama mm -hmm. and what she represents. And man, I can tell you that people are probably so, um, what is the word? Not challenged by it, or they're so taken by it, or they're so intimidated. That's the word. They're so intimidated by it that they just can't, you, you, you know, like, um, you, you know, you, you think like someone like Donald Trump who probably grew up, you know, amongst racist people, amongst that probably a product of systemic racism, a product of white privilege. Like, what does he know about that kind of magic, you know? And 
to be quiet during that time. Like I can, you know, you can almost hear the presidential address by, so that's why I'm so proud of our president right now. I did not vote for Cyril Ramaphosa and people know that I didn't vote for him, but I can tell you like he is a world leader, an example of what a president, like he is an example. You know, the way he's handled our virus, the way he's handled, um, the way he's handled uh, social issues that have happened in our country. Like, did Donald Trump come? I mean, Donald Trump the other day said that um, George Floyd would be happy if he was look, like looking down from heaven, he'd be happy to see what's happening in. Like, you know, like to be that out of touch, to be that out <laughs> of touch. Like, I, you probably just live in a different world. Like you have to be Trump. <laughs> you have to be Trump, or you have to be a Trump. Um, so we're getting closer. Well, I don't want to say closer because it feels like this year is just flying apart. But November's around the corner. Uh, Biden hey, versus Trump. Come on, Biden versus Trump. What What do you think no, will happen? I. Biden is also not a good nominee, bruh. Ay, 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 ay. You, you know, you know how mad I was. You know how mad I was at America, especially with what's been happening now, right? And and I wish like I could. You know how the government. I don't know if you've been getting. You know those government messages. I you've probably been getting them where they like stay safe, stay home, those kind of yeah. things. If I could send a message to the population of America who are responsible for choosing their president. Yeah after like the last couple of weeks of everything that's been happening, I don't want to be the, I told you so guy, but I want to be the guy who wants to say, you had an opportunity to put Kamala, a black woman. You had an opportunity to have a black woman as a president. You had an opportunity to put a gay man as president. You had an opportunity. There was so much diversity. And now you want to talk about how the black vote isn't free and like, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? That's what I like about T.I. T.I. said something that people didn't like. He said that this year, the, the black vote is not, is for ransom. You have to come to us and tell us what you're going to do for the black community. And if Trump has a better agenda, then we're going with Trump. Because and the issue is economically for black people, it's been good for, for black people in terms of like unemployment for black people has been the, the lowest it's ever been, like under the Trump administration. So you as Biden, what are you gonna do? The person who wrote the Jim Crow laws, like the, 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 the person who like has incarcerated more black people than ever, like what are you gonna do for black people? The, yeah. That's different to Trump. Trump to Trump. Trump obviously is not a good person, but like I, listen, I, I think I think that the one the one strong argument for Trump that I've heard when it comes to black folk has been the, the unemployment rate in America. But you must also remember that slaves were also employed by you get you get what I'm saying? Slaves were, all, I'm sure the unemployment rate out in Egypt was also really low amongst Jewish people when those <laughs> thousands of millions of Jewish people were enslaved by Pharaoh. 
and and Pharaoh could come out and say, "Listen, guys, but I've been giving you jobs. You, you've been eat. You're eating better here than what you're eating out there." My thing about it is, first of all, when if someone says, um, "You must come to us and tell us what you," I am completely for that because I feel like every president's got to have a plan for for diversity in his country. But when you say that, I don't mean that it depends on whether I'm going to vote or not. Because if you don't vote, you are voting. And yeah, if, that community, if that community doesn't vote and Trump's community does vote, how many more George Floyds are we going to have? How many, how many more police brutality deaths are we going to have? How many... Like, the thing is, with Joe Biden, and what, what Charlemagne was saying was that at least lie to us, bruh. At least give us the decency of lying to us and saying that this is what you're going to do. Yeah, but you see, the, you see the problem that I have with Biden's, that, that he's the nominee, the problem that I have is that a community had an opportunity, they have an opportunity to put who they want. You, you know what I mean? It's not just like, you, you see, when it came down to Hillary or Trump, right? I think my perspective was, listen, guys, it's Hillary or Trump. The obvious choice is Hillary. But the reason why the election race is so long is so that the people can use their voting power to put a candidate who they want in that position. You, you know what I mean? That's why by the time Biden was nominated, I laughed on the phone with you because I was thinking to myself, I was like, these people had all this time to choose a candidate and to rally behind that candidate. And the best option they could come up with was Joe Biden. Joe Biden was a great BFF to Obama. Joe Biden was Obama's token white man in the White House. He was fantastic in that role and position. But is he a president? You see, but that's the thing. Like, for me, that tells me the Democratic Party are just taking the black vote for granted. That's because... Because the majority of, of, of the people who are Democrats aren't black people. They are white people. Those are the people who are making the decisions of the Democratic Party. So, 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 so and, and the, I, I feel like that's what T.I. is saying. He's saying that, I, I mean, even Shobaraka said, are they killing us with the pistol with the, with the vote? Like, we're voting for them, but then nothing is happening to us and we die. But he, that, this side, Trump is enabling uh, gun violence that, that's killing us. So which one is better? Like, which one is better? Yeah. And, I, I think just the same, in the same way that you said what we need to do is, is that we need to start our own businesses and we need to support each other in that whatever. I personally think that after this election or even before the election starts, Black America needs to get together and either they need to school a president or they need to choose a candidate who can lead these communities into victory over the next four years. I think they, they need, they need a Nelson Mandela. That's what they need. The America needs a Nelson Mandela. I think the black people, black people should band together. have their own like kind of like vote, vote, like poll vote to say that, as black people, this is where we, we, we want the, the democratic nominee to be. The but, they you the, but they had the opportunity. They had the no, opportunity. No, no, they did. no, but the thing is, the black people had, had expressed that they don't want Biden. Like, black people had expressed that. 
it's the white people who, who but, came but came remember from. but i like personally i think i personally think that they didn't look maybe kamala's not when i say when i talk about kamala harris i'm not talking about her specifically i'm talking about another barack or someone who can fill that position you know what i mean i'm talking about why don't you find your barack obama and get behind him you, you know stop worrying like you see the thing with barack obama was was that there came a time where he needed to prove his popularity with white people and i'm just like I'm like, you know what, if you've got the white touch, you've got it. If you don't, don't even worry about that. Just go in by your numbers and get behind your candidate and give it a go. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess. Yeah. You, you know, but listen, I'm interested. I'm not only interested. First of all, I don't think Trump is going to participate in the debates. I think he's going to, because, you know, he's got that option, right? He can, like, bail out. Um, I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to debate Biden. I don't think the man has the strength to do it. Um, Trump is going to give a proper ass whooping, man. Like you're going to be sad, bro. I I kind of I almost feel like it's going to be you you know when someone's bullying you, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter how many intelligent things you say the bully carry you 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 know like it's like being in a schoolyard you know it's like being in a schoolyard and it doesn't matter how intelligent your comeback is whatever it is whatever the bully the popular bully like he can say he can like say the stupidest thing and everybody's just gonna support him and like yeah you you know i mean i think it's and that's the judgment of what trump is yeah you you know so um listen i have I have always been proudly South African, but I can tell you that I am like I am the proudest proudly South African that that they can be, man. Like, let's just not go that side. Let's just keep it here. And I mean, like, we have the I mean, like, Wakanda's on our continent. So, well, like, I mean, the thing is also like with 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 what you said, you realize how how diametrically. Opposite this, the, what you said is to, to American politics. You said that Sarah Ramaphosa, even though you didn't vote for him, and everyone knows you didn't vote for him, that he's doing a good job. Yeah. Would the Democrats say, say the same thing about Trump? Absolutely and not. Would, would the Republicans say the same thing about Obama? Okay, but, okay, but with, with Trump, it's a little bit difficult because even some Republicans are like, this guy's not doing a good. So he's a yeah, no, but I'm saying, we go, but if we go back a little bit. My, no, my thing is, my, my, my thing is, I like, give you props we, 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 yeah. we, we, we were performing. Yeah. I, I, I don't care. Like maybe the other reasons or what, dude, if you did a good job and you're Trump or you're Hitler or what, man, you did a good job here. But you still spring up. <laughs> I think you're pushing it with the Hitler thing a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 but like, like I, I'm, I'm I'm being serious, bro. Like the thing is, when when you when you acknowledge the point, the good point someone has, that's when you strengthen you, yourself. Like for me, it's it's the people who, whenever you're making, whenever you put out an intellectual argument, and they're like, "Oh, but you're a racist, bigoted, homophobe." For me, I'm like, "Oh, I won. You are not intellectually capable of of defeating or defeating my argument. So you have to resort to other arguments." So for me, I'm like, fine. I look at what you're doing. And if what you're doing is right, I'm like, okay, you, what you're doing is right. And what you, if what you're doing is wrong, bro, you're screwing up. Trump is screwing up, bro. So like, 
but they think that he's doing well. So, like, I don't know, bro. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Listen, I, like, that, that's kind of, that's my, that's, you know, I, I just kind of feel like you mustn't be a sore loser. Like, we lost the election against the ANC. They're in power, but the man in charge is Cyril Ramaphosa. He's doing a great yeah. job. Let me tell you something. The DA is never going to be where it was ever again. Listen, my, my thing right now, and like, honestly, when Musi left, the, I was there for Musi, my man. That, that was the man. That's the man. Because that's the thing for me is that, you know, people are aligned to a political party. I believe that you're aligned to the man who makes the decisions. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if, look, the law has changed now and Musi can run without belonging to a political party. You, you, you kind of know that, right? And I didn't know that. yeah, so now the law, the law just changed that an individual can run. So like you as a businessman, you can, it's kind of like America now. You as a businessman can say, oh, no, I'm running. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, here's, so here's my thing that if Musi doesn't run for president and Cyril does run for president, guess where I'm putting my ex down. The DA will never get my vote. I am not, we are not. Listen, never mind the fact that we're not ready for a white man to be president again. I think nah. it's gonna, it needs to be, and it's not on the president that is, it's not on the president that he's a white man. That's not my thing. I'm not saying a white man can't be the president of the republic. I'm just saying right now, we need representation. We need yes. thinking. We need you. What, what I'm saying, what I would say to, to bolster what you're saying is to say that I feel as though, and as much as, and I could be wrong, but with what, what, what the majority of white people's opinions are in terms of politics right now, it scares me that if yeah. they were to create policies, yeah. what, what, what that would entail. And that is why for me, I'll say, like, and, I'm and not I'll really you, And I'll kind of back up what you're saying in that, because what I see right now is that you've got the John Stianazans of the world who are kind of in the political field. They in that Ubuntu vibe of like kind of what's happening. But if you yeah. look at the citizens who are calling for political change, then we've got, we've got entire, I don't know if you can call it a city, but you've got entire forts of people yeah. who are calling for the old South African flag, who are calling for, you know, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Like the, which is the, probably the equivalent of the KKK, what the KKK was in America to whatever it is. Um, but there's something, that, there's something that I wanted to ask you as we just maybe just wrap up this, um, th that part of it is that, so um, I know that you're not into canceling culture and we've spoken about canceling culture so much and that kind of thing. One of one of the heartaches for me that came out of this whole saga in America is that I am um, a big fan of the Bon Appetit magazine, the channel, their group of chefs who do um, videos on YouTube. That's where I follow them the most. I listen to their podcast. It's probably like it's an obsession, but it hasn't been diagnosed. So it's fine. Like that doesn't, doesn't really matter. So the, one of the things that happened was the editor of the magazine um, someone found a photo of him maybe 10 years ago or 13 years ago 
doing brown face now brown face obviously like black face but brown face you, so he's a white man doing brown face um they were dressed i think they were kind of going for the whole like latino vibe you know uh latino yeah. mexican uh he had like chains on he did brown face like cool swag and whatever the case is now the photo comes up it happened 13 years ago the staff call for his resignation and along with his photo of um like his brown face resignation a long list of things that's also like systematic racism that's happening within the company all of those things now get attached and the editor has to resign right so my questions are 13 years ago we find out now right um if something happens 13 years ago and maybe sometime you've taken the photo down or you've possibly apologized to like the narrow people that you kind of have in contact with whatever but 13 years later you're on a much bigger platform like i mean all of us hope that in 13 years from now we've got more influence bigger things more things whatever um now the photo comes out does that warrant that you've got to resign from your job that you that all those things must be taken away from you and we don't and and yes and i mean you know the culture that we live in i don't think it matters any kind of apology that is given i don't think people are listening to any apology that you're given they're not i i i've actually like i've actually like taken a, a different like i've thought about it even more and i think my my answer is a bit more nuanced with in regards to this my thing is should you be cancelled my answer is automatic answer is no like uh for for the people who are offended probably i don't know maybe i don't know maybe let me not speak to that my my automatic answer is no however as a business like if if i'm going to be suffering financial loss because of you because because of what you did 13 years ago right my my business is struggling because of what you have done then i think then it is fine because not because you did what you did but because like if i had i known that i would have suffered so much loss of money and and i've been playing so many other people i wouldn't have hired you gotcha. right if i knew in 10 years time i'm going to lose 10 10 million dollars because of you i wouldn't have hired you yeah so so then i'm like okay fine and that in that sense i'm like fine that makes sense fire the dude because business and from a business perspective that makes sense but in terms of saying that now so societally now this person is a bad person if if maybe let's say there's no repercussions there's nothing that happens to the business they know then clearly the people in society under is offended is the people who are who who are, who are saying like cancel the guy clearly yeah. clearly nothing yeah. is wrong yeah so keep the guy yeah like I, i don't know um and and you know something like that happened around about the same time or possibly even just before this happened where um a young lady was entering Miss South Africa i don't know if you saw that um yeah the young lady was entering Miss South Africa and her tweets from when she was a teenager i think she was 12 or 13 years old and that surfaced oh and, yeah 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 um, right oh, bad you, you know and i mean like it just went it it like it just became something else and um yes 
if the, you, you know, like the one thing, I mean, like, obviously, like the biggest lesson there for everyone to learn is don't be a stupid racist. Like, and, and I mean, not like, not stupid in the terms of like being intelligent. I'm talking about don't be a racist. Like, just don't like have some humanity on the inside of you. Like, and things have repercussions, you, you know? Yeah. Um, the second thing that I learned out of that is that, listen, man, if you're planning on becoming a public figure or getting a job real soon, delete your Twitter account and start from scratch and tweet about the Bible. Because That's listen, even if I know, <laughs> not even the Bible, maybe like tweet solid facts, tweet like the flowers. sky, yeah, like the sky is blue or like tweet facts or like do something like that because they're going to, but um, the one thing that I thought was really interesting, she eventually withdrew from the competition. Um, the organizers of Miss South Africa came out to immediately say, listen, um, they didn't answer. They, they didn't really speak to her tweets. They didn't really like address the situation. They just came out and said, they will not consider contestants who will misrepresent the brand in a way that it should, which is understandable. You, you know, I understand that. Come out, yeah, yeah, like you come out straight. You're like, listen, um, whatever category that falls on, you can't be a candidate for this thing because you'll misrepresent the brand. And that's it. I thought that was very well dealt with. Um, and to be very honest, like, like I probably, if she represents any other brand, I probably won't gravitate there because clearly their values aren't the same as mine. But yeah. that's not the same as saying cancel the person for me. Yeah. That's not the same thing as saying, now we're done with you yeah. and like you should never get a job ever again. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I did, the one thing I did um, kind of start gaining perspective on is that I think, I think you must be very careful in our world to think about cancel culture because a lot of time what's happening on Twitter is not what's happening in, re, in real life. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? Like 10,000 people on Twitter can retweet something and be of an opinion that something's happening and it cannot be the truth at all. Yeah, bro. Like have you seen this Linchwista like saga, bro? You, you know, I've honestly, like honest, honestly, I have withdrawn myself so far from social media that I don't like, I... I, I, I get news updates on my phone and like I kind of watch some YouTube things you know, of things that are important. But like as far as like celebrity scandals and canceling people and like I've just removed myself for a little while from that because I realized like that stuff can suck you in uh, to the point where it starts changing your mind about that. that you don't, it, it's almost like this, like Twitter systematically teaches you how to think about things, you, you know? Mm. Um, if someone picks up an orange cup, you immediately got something to say about it. You don't have to have an opinion all the time. You don't, mm. have, to, you don't have to be snarky all the time. You don't have to be disful all the time. You don't have to, and, and that's not the type of person that I want to be. Yeah, I, I always say, like, especially with Twitter, I was like, don't feed the trolls, they die. Yeah. I, I'm actually in the habit of, listen, there's no getting away from it. If you're on Twitter, you're going to see it whether you like it or not. I'm in the habit now of muting, not muting opinions that differ from mine, not muting 
I'm talking about if someone is tweeting something for what, what for clout, if someone's doing stuff for clout, or if someone's saying just random stuff so they can get retweeted, like I mute immediately. I don't even know what it's called, but like I hide your tweets. Like this oh, guy. On a on a on a segue, man. Like taking we're taking like you know <laughs> we're taking like this way then we'll come back quickly yeah. you know what i love about what i love doing uh, one of my favorite things and like I, I love doing on twitter now yeah i follow people i don't agree with like i love following these atheist forums and stuff because they tweet things man and i'm like really this is your best argument like really really like like this is this is the thing that is making you atheist. Yeah. So then I almost tweet very sarcastically, very sarcastic, very 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 sarcastically. And I'm like, oh wow, this has changed my life. <laughs> and then I tweet other things that that are that that like are not valid. And you find that the owner of the Twitter account is agreeing and say yes. And the Christians are like this, and I'm like. Wow, that's interesting. That is very interesting. I love doing. I, I love. I absolutely love doing that. I like. I just. I don't. I don't have the. You know, the only time I want someone to reply or retweet my stuff is when we're having a not a conversation, but you know, like a, uh, like I've got some friends from the show that I was on who always like. They'll tweet random stuff. They'll tweet. They'll be like, Ed Fadil Baker's full of shit. Or they'll be like, Ed Fadil Baker. But you know, like, just like jabbing and back and forth. Or like, or if we're talking about a show, for example, uh, I tweet a lot about Survivor. If we're talking about Survivor, fan will talk in the comments and that kind of stuff. But I do not have the emotional capacity, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, to have a back and forth with someone. Like, I just, I, I, like I just can't, I just can't. I, 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 I mean, for me, like, I don't mind the back and forth, to be very honest with you. But like, you know what? Like, I think, I think I, I actually, I have misrepresented myself because I actually, like, fight with people that are actually being reasonable. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get into arguments with people where where I see nothing's gonna happen because this person's emotional. If someone comes with like. Facts. It's like fact number one, this, fact number two, this, fact number three. Then I, all I do is that I'm like, I don't agree with this fact because of this, because of this, because of that. Then they can respectfully say, I don't agree with your fact because of this, because of this, because of that. See, we don't hate each other. We don't hate yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I, but I, yeah. I just like to, to kind of like wait for, for like a reply and like this. The one thing that I will tell you about on Twitter, people are not respectful. And so if you do find someone that you can engage like that, it's like, that's probably one out of the 10,000 that, that could possibly have a conversation like that. Because I have seen, I have seen intelligent men fall on Twitter because they have no emotional capacity in the sense that they are best comebacks, you know, like for example, if someone's just being a racial dweeb on Twitter or if someone, or if someone tweets something like, listen, if you're going to get up there and like have a strong opinion about feminism, when someone, um, when someone rebuttals what you're saying, you can't just tweet them. You're such a typical misogynistic pig. 
and yeah. you're the you you know you can't tweak like that. If someone says to you, yeah. if you're gonna be if you're going to rally for the EFF and you're going to put out their extremist beliefs and that kind of thing, and someone comes and someone legitimately says, but what about these points? You can't call them a stupid colonizer who just thinks that they fall with privilege. and that kind. You've got to have an intelligent, and that's the thing for me on Twitter. I've, a lot of people fail because they just don't have that kind of capacity to say something back. Well, ironically, bro, like I've I've actually been like interacting with those people quite a bit. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm just extremely lucky. But like, I mean, with one guy, for instance, he said a lot of racist stuff, like about the whole George Floyd thing. Um, and I remember, um, and he was saying that the problems that black people are facing, like it's in their heads, and he's stayed in black communities and poor black communities. That's where he grew up, and therefore he knows that. It's all mental issues. And respect, like, I was very respectful. I didn't say, you dumbass, you stupid-ass mother, which... Well, I you mean, do that. <laughs> okay, yeah, which, which, if I said, like, I would have been wrong, right? But literally, I was like, hey, look, dude, like, the f- if, if, if you're saying that every single black person is delusional, Every single, maybe, maybe not, I didn't say every single, I said the majority of black people who feel this way are delusional. Then, my friend, it's either you don't understand what we are talking about or you're racist. The, the, yeah. the, the, like, how can, how can, like, how can you have the perspective that the majority of black people are delusional? Yeah. That, that makes no sense. It's either you don't understand something. Clearly, Clearly, there's something that, that that's an issue. Yeah. So, like, and, and the guy's like, oh, no, like, but th- that's the summary of what I said. And the guy's like, oh, no, I hear what you're saying. Actually, that is a valid point. Thank you for bringing it up in a very respectful way. This, something, this gave me something to think about. And I hope next time I make a mistake like this, someone is able to, like, correct me the way that you did. I'm like, bruh, I just said, ah, dude, good looking out, brother, anytime, if you need perspective on issues you can inbox me i don't even know the guy but like the the scary really the scary thing is is that i had a conversation and and yeah again like this is how you this is a conversation you're having with a random person on twitter i'm having a conversation with someone that i know and we text messaging each other and they say to me basically the same thing that that person is saying online and they say to me that racism is something created by rich people to keep poor people occupied. So if you are a racial activist or if you are against racism or if you talk about whatever, it just proves like what class you're in and like how systematically, and that is what systematic oppression really is and that kind of thing. And you know, the first of all, the surprising thing for me is that how close this person was to me. You, you know, I'm talking relationally that they think like that and that they receive that information from other people. And I can tell you that where this systematic racism and these things come from, there, there are groups of people who feed these ideologies. And the thing that scared me about is that this ideology was coming from a church. You, you know, and maybe not the church members, but it was the the leaders of this church that had taught 
these people, these things, and they were telling it now to me and they were like, no, you know, the thing is because the place that they kind of got this, what is it? Philosophy or theory, whatever you want to call it. The place that they got this thing from, they were like, um, you know, in America, there are, there are things that just not everybody knows and people like the media and this kind of thing. Listen, um, I think that people don't understand how intelligent millennials are and they think we don't know and they think we can't spot fake news when TMZ has been teaching us all these years how to spot fake news from the real thing. Like we, I mean, come on, like you, like TMZ is the one on the story all the time. You want to tell me someone like Fox News can hoodwink us or CNN or whatever's happening on the SABC channels? Come on. Like sometimes you got to yeah. give, there's some things you can watch on TV and be like, ah, oh, come on. That's like story leading into a story leading into a story. But like, I think people need to give us a bit more credit. But um, yeah, man, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think you can have enough of these conversations. I would encourage people to have conversations like that, um, yeah. to, to, speak to, uh, to, to speak to other people, you know, not only um, white to black, but black to black and white to white and white to Indian and Indian to colored and colored yeah. so that, you know, inform and open these dialogues of conversation because it's only through all of this talking sometimes do we actually come to come to solutions and, and conclusions. At least, I mean, it doesn't even need to be a solution, but at least it's a different way of thinking. Yeah, man. And, you know, like one of the reasons why I'm happy that, that we've chosen to have this platform is because, like I said to you on the phone, man, I was like, you know what? Like, there have been so many times that um, I wanted to write something and post something and do, but like, I just felt like the entire time I was like, you know what? the podcast is the perfect place to do that because you get to hear not only the discussion in its entirety, um, but also next week will kind of be a continuation of our thinking for this week. And that's why, like, if you take one clip, like a 30 second clip from our podcast and just play that over, like it's out of context. You don't really know what's happening in our conversation. You've overheard something from someone that's been said. um, And I didn't want someone to take my one little tweet Um, because there are multiple times, like we're not for white supremacy and we're not for black supremacy, but there is a supremacy that we are for that some people might have an issue with. People are always going to have an issue with something that you say, I didn't want it to be my one little tweet that people had an issue with. Yeah. Buddha, Buddha supremacy, man. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Here's some things that I am super excited about. One of the things I told you on the phone that I felt really hypocritical about and like I couldn't believe that this was happening but it's happening okay um the first thing that I'm really excited about is that Takashi 69 is out of jail like yes (laughs) yeah man we even got new music I am like I am so excited about that Takashi 69 thing have you heard his new song you, I, I wish people could see the look on your face right now. I really wish people could see the look on your face right now. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, I have. I, is it not Tekashi like... is going to die. Is it not like one of Tekashi the coolest... Is it not like one of the coolest songs? Kill him. Hey? 
Someone's going to kill Takashi, bro. If he's going to go down as a legend, if someone kills him, like, I'm talking like Biggie status, Park status. I'm talking like we won't be able to mention Biggie and Park without mentioning Takashi. Ah! Like, I'm I'm talking about like generations from now. People will be talking about Takashi 69. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Dude, like, I, I, like, yeah. Okay. I knew you weren't going to be excited about that, but I was like, like, the new song, like, coming out of jail was not the big thing for me. The new music was like, that was a thing for me. What, what is it? Booga. Gooba. Gooba. The one with Nicki Minaj, where she, she just has a breast sound. Like, dude, people are like, it does, does Takashi know like full words because all his songs are sounds like Gooba, Booga. Like, I'm like, guys, Takashi 69 is where it's at, man. Okay, maybe a little bit music that's like a little bit for all ages stuff. Have you heard the new Elevation album? Dude, like, no, but you are into worship music now, right? Like, you've. Nah. No. Not intuition. Not at all. Ah, okay. Listen, please. The, the album's called Graves into Gardens, right? The new elevation. Just get it and play it. Play it. I'm sure your wife possibly knows it because she's like a Christian. And since you married a Christian. Probably. Okay, but just play it. I promise you. Like, I haven't been this excited about a worship album in like the longest time like i promise you like this is what called graves into garden maybe just search elevation worship okay i think i i i heard a single that came out like literally before and apple music was featuring it and i was like oh wow this is a cool feature you see all right now i've got it Okay, from track one until the last one. Next week on the podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on the lyrics. Do not hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then here's the last thing I would like to proudly announce on this podcast that I now watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> How is it? Did you like it? Listen, best thing I've ever watched in my entire life. I've never seen anything better. There's no better cast. There's no better storyline. It's the best thing that's ever come on TV. Replace Number the one. Bible, people. Replace the Bible. Replace the churches. It's all about the Iron Throne. Number one, you're wrong, right? But number two... I told you, the, the, the reason why you, you probably were struggling to watch it is because of the hype that was around it. When, once you strip all of that away, it becomes a bit enjoy. Like, even I, like, I kind of, like, I wouldn't say best series ever, but I, and I see why, why people, like... Listen, when I... So, I watched... I watched all three Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen those movies. I was supposed to in the weekend, but... Yeah, so 
I, I think it was just like last week. Um, they're really long. I just took it. It was the, I think it was the, the weekend that was so flippin' cold. It was like snowing or something. And I just watched. I yeah, and I just watched all of them. And then when I was done watching it, I was like, Game of Thrones might be, you know, maybe not similar, but like the same vibe, whatever. I won't lie to you. When the opening sequence came on and I watched the first episode, I was like, what in the SABC3 Sunday afternoon is happening (laughs) on my screen right now? Like, I, I couldn't, I was like, this is an SAB, this is a show for SABC3. It should be on SABC3, like Sunday afternoons. Um, yeah. But once I got into it, you know, I don't like videos and like series that's like longer than 20 minutes, 25 maximum. This thing is almost 45 minutes an episode. I don't know. It, it goes, it goes just like that. I can't. I even try, like, I've been trying to watch, like, keep up with the Breakfast Club, whatever. The videos are just too long. You know, like, I watch, I skip ahead, watch, skip ahead until I find something important. No, it's good. Ozark. I've heard. I watched, the first, dope, I watched the first five and minutes. And it's up. I watched the first five no, minutes of it. I watched the first couple of minutes of it. Listen, here's, here's the thing. I, I, feel like, I feel like on the podcast, I'm not going to officially say that I like things or don't like them because I feel like this is like the 10th time I've had to come back and been like, I was completely wrong about this thing. This is the one. Yeah, it's not the one. Chuck is still the one. No, what are you talking about? Chuck is the one. Listen, um, since we're talking about Black Lives Matter and we're talking about so many things that impact, I can tell you two big moments for Netflix, right? The first one is when they released Never Have I Ever. Have you seen Never Have I Ever? Nope. Okay, maybe watch it. Maybe watch it with your wife. Like, I think she like it. Thank you. Right? Uh, it's a complete, yeah. it's a complete, um, look, I don't know what the terminology is these days. For me, it's a complete Indian cast. Like, it's a complete brown cast. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second one that you absolutely have to watch, and then after that, I'm going to say, something a bit controversial that like i don't really care about sa netflix um when it comes to south africa you know people were so on about that um um on about that pull to see thing on netflix where she's like a spy and have you seen it Listen, like I watched like ten minutes, and I was like, "I nah, not my thing." And I know support black businesses. I need both. You you know you know what the you know what the issue with me with the show was is that it was so Americanized. Like I love the fact that we could do something like it's our first 
Netflix commissioned show. I get it. Black lead, black female lead. I get it. But the problem for me was that where the writers failed, it was so Americanized. I'm not talking about the way I'm talking about in the culture, the source, the swag, that kind of, it was just not like, I understand like it's possibly like national, international spy thing, whatever, but I just wasn't buying into that whole thing, whatever, like props to Paul Tusi yeah. and the team. But like now the, the place that I think they got it absolutely right. And this one you have to watch, you probably have is blood and water. Yeah. Finish that yeah. in a day, bro. Dude, I couldn't stop. Like a second season, and there needs to be at least fifteen episodes. Come on, come on! Like it's it's a million percent South African. It's you get what I'm saying. Like from that, you what? You see, you Cape Town kids. <laughs> at my old race. Really? School is at my old race, bro. Yeah. Yeah, like literally, like it's weird because it, it takes it takes me out of the immersion of it because I'm like, no, that's not a classroom, that's a library. Oh no, that's not a classroom, that's that's like a dining hall. Like I've been there, like, but it's cool, but it's nice, it's nice to, to like see. Listen, something. they they did it, they did it right. Like, you, you know the look, the one thing you know what's difficult is that we can't. America influences our culture, right? Especially like modern day, like culture, that kind of thing. I'm not talking about traditional culture, talking about like pop culture, hip hop culture, that kind of thing, right? But where Blood and Water got it right Mm -hmm. and Paul Tusi and they missed it was that ours was 100% influenced by America or not, it was 100% South African. That stuff with Paul Tusi, there were too many lines. I felt like like there were times where I felt like I was watching like a 90s, like, some 90s action film from like with the language and like you know pull like i didn't really think maybe i didn't watch enough of it maybe i didn't give it a good enough try but i like she was not really convincing in that whole situation type thing whatever it just seemed to foul she should have she should have played a modern day south african woman who is a spy you you know and keep it at that not like this whole american um angelina jolie type thing going on whatever it is but yeah that's my little bit of hate towards that but like other than that like man blood and water full 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 man. 10 out of 10 okay listen anyway my guy i am hey the, yeah. controversy. the controversy was the Paul Tusi oh, thing because I never read I never read anybody. But that's the other thing about Twitter as well. I never read one bad nobody said one bad thing about the Paul Tusi thing on Twitter. And I just thought to myself, everyone's too scared that they won't have a job if they say anything. Like especially people in that space, in that industry. I think they're just kind of too scared to be like, yeah. if I say it, I might not get it. But anyway. It is what it is. That makes sense. Yeah. It is whatever. It is whatever, man. Dude, listen, you really have to keep your hair like that. Like, 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 maybe a little bit bigger afro, or maybe for me, you can do like some dreads. <laughs> not, not <laughs> long. Listen, not long. My wife will break up with me. 
listen, just like, you know, like those mini dreads, you know, like, you know, like those mini dreads? Yes. Yes. Just do some mini dreads. Surprises. Like surprises, switch things up a little bit. Like, you know, I can't say when she comes home from work, like, like one day she comes out of the kitchen and finds you in the bedroom and who is this hunky gentleman with his new hairstyle? <laughs> Maybe I should do that hairstyle. You know that hairstyle where that looks like a camel leg, leg tube. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do that hairstyle. Friend, like I, 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 I can't. You know, you know what I'm talking about, no? I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe I should do that one. I. Okay. Like, it's just unfortunate. Can I turn the video off on this thing on your end? Because that's how we're going to have to do the podcast. Because I would not be able to go through like without <laughs> laughing like i would like i would definitely know but listen hey listen let me not hold you back right maybe that's gonna be like your thing maybe like you what? find your hairstyle in that yeah man <laughs> maybe. listen uh have you guys baked bread or done any quarantine things any rich people quarantine oh bro hey i've been cooking for days bro really i made buns the other day bro you oh, did. I was so happy. It yeah. came out so nice. You didn't even yeah. send me a photo of it. No, dog. I know. Like, I was a bin, a bin, a bin, dog. I'll send you a photo now. Dude, if you don't show, it didn't happen. Like, that's the rule. Yeah, no. If you, yeah, yeah, clean. You know, you can't be like, I made buns. Ask my wife. Of course, she's going to say, yes, he made them. Meantime, she's busy eating, like, some sesco bread or something. I'm sending I'm sending you some now. Some pictures. Oh, so you did take pictures? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the first time I made buns, bruh. That's what I did. It was like the first time you're making these things and you like not taking any photos of it. Nah no, nah, I took pictures. You know, you know how I feel about buns, bruh. I thought, oh no, you don't like pup, right? You don't really like pup. Yes. But I feel like you're not picking up what I'm throwing here, so. <sighs> I just did. <laughs> I, am de- I am devastated. I am <laughs> devastated. You know how some friends say don't ever change? Yeah. With my, I should change, ne? Uh, let me just say I'm not going to fall in the category of one of those friends. I'm sending you this picture. I want you to 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 to, to uh, tell me what what you are think. you sending it on here or are you sending it to my phone? Uh, both. It's on your phone now. Um, did Did you see the picture I sent on Zoom about the clean butts? Yes, <laughs> I was trying. Like I was laughing, but, but you were busy talking about something serious, so I was trying not to laugh. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like pay attention to what you're saying. Yeah. Well, damn, dude. What? 
Did you Rips? put these? Dad, did you put these? Yeah. On the these are like gram worthy, my guy. Well, gee, I didn't put them on the grab, but dude, I was like, me. Jeez. Yes, sir. These are really good. Yeah. These are really good. And I don't know what to do with them. So the first thing I ate them with was a peanut butter and jab, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I support. I support that all the way. I support it all the way. Yeah. I support that all the way. Damn. I get it, man. I flipping get it.